This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome to Seek Reality with your host, Roberta Grimes. Author and attorney Roberta Grimes will explore and illustrate how she, after an extraordinary experience of light in childhood, has discovered channels of communication to the afterlife and how these implications have an effect on our everyday lives. Please welcome the host of Seek Reality, Roberta Grimes. Welcome to Seek Reality. Of course, I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so delighted that you could be with us today. This week and next, we're going to be discussing a fascinating phenomenon that I used to think was rare and almost always happened accidentally, but we're finding more and more evidence now that actually it's a fairly common and often planned in advance sort of phenomenon. This is big. The jury is still out, this because it's really fairly new, but now at last we have enough evidence that we can say that this is something that might happen in your own life. And that's why I invited back someone that we just had on recently because this has happened in her life. And the phenomenon is, quite simply, reincarnation occurring fairly quickly in the same family. There are three or four different child-related topics in the reincarnation field. We'll be dealing with each of them. But quite specifically, very often, apparently, a, a young child who dies or even an older person who dies will come back fairly quickly as somebody else in that family. This is amazing. We re- Just a few weeks ago, we had Virginia Hummel here with us. She's the Orb Whisperer. That's her sort of main claim to fame. So you can just look up the Orb Whisperer and you'll be able to see her, for her or hear her previous conversation with us. But when she came on during the breaks, we were talking about this. And it turned out she could be an expert on this, too. So I invited her back then. And now is the day we're going to be talking with her. Welcome, Virginia. I'm thrilled that you're here. We're going to have fun with this. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you, Roberta, for having me. Now, because people may not remember, could you tell us a little bit about your own history um, just to get us started? Um, I've been off and on spiritual and had some experiences growing up. But my really, my great awakening happened after the death of my son, Christopher, in 2006. I was having all sorts of ADCs and very interesting um, ADCs with animals and birds and the lights flickering and uh, people coming up and saying that they'd had contact with my son from the other side. And that led me into the orb phenomenon, taking photos. And most recently, I've discovered a photo of my son inside an orb, and that's on the cover of my new book. So that's kind of how I arrived here. But just tell us quickly what the name of your new book is. Is it out out yet? Uh, Yes, it is. It's called Orbs and the Afterlife, Survival of the Soul. I'm very Great. excited about it. I'll be kind of debuting it at the Afterlife Conference that I'll be seeing you at in a few days. Yes, that's wonderful. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to that, and I look forward to getting your book, and then we'll have to have you back. You'll be one of our semi-regulars, dear. <laughs> so so had you thought much about reincarnation before what the, the stuff we're going to be talking about today began to develop? No, only. The only thing I can really remember as a child, I was about eight years old, and I can remember standing in the driveway one summer day all by myself, and I could just, I just feel the heat of the asphalt between beneath my sneakers and the smell of fresh mowed grass. And as I stood there, I looked up at the sky, and I had this sudden feeling that I was, uh, had been set adrift, abandoned somehow, and I just knew that I wasn't from here, meaning from this earthly dimension. And I pinched my skin and I thought, how did I get to be me? How did I get in this body? Why didn't I come back as my mother or my brother or my dog? 
Now, oh. I had never been taught about <laughs> Wow, well, that's heavy stuff I mean, for an eight-year-old. Exactly. And I thought, you know, and then I'm in this family, and this family has no idea what I'm talking about. So I kind of kept that to myself. And it really wasn't until I had the profound uh, experience of going to the morgue and seeing and seeing my son after he passed away that as I looked at him through through the glass wall that was there, suddenly the air around me changed and I could I looked at him and I, I knew he was not in his body. And that same feeling that I had had in my driveway as an eight-year-old kind of came rushing back that there's something more, that we have come from somewhere else. And my son has returned to that same somewhere else. So oh, that began gosh. my most recent journey. Wow. Well, this is going to be fun. I mean, this to, to have someone come back that you love and you, that you thought you might never see again is amazing. Mm -hmm. But before we get there, we're going to talk about some of what you said happened in a little more detail, because many people who have lost a loved one would be thrilled to hear about some of the amazing experiences you had soon after Chris died. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about that. This is Roberta Grimes on Secret Reality. My wonderful guest is Virginia Hummel, and she's going to tell us some things that are going to rock your world. Stay with us. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Is it science or is it magic? Once a magical thing has been scientifically proven, is it no longer magic? Or is magic simply the science of tomorrow? Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, on The Science of Magic a syndicated radio program dedicated to combining the science and magic of today's dynamic and controversial topics to co-create new solutions. 
by triangulating information from today's leading experts from the scientific and magical fields, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truths you won't find anywhere else. Join us daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, as I interview the shared thoughts with the amazing guests from both science and magic. The resulting knowledge is unprecedented. As a gift to you, the listener, past episodes can be accessed on our website free of charge at thescienceofmagic.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back, everyone. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes and our guest, Virginia Hummel. And we're talking about the fact that Virginia had the worst thing happen that can ever happen to anyone. I think we would all would agree. She had her son die unexpectedly at the age of 25. He was your youngest, right? Um, No, he was my youngest son. I have an older son and two younger daughters. I get it. Well, I just want you to know, if you ever saw if you ever saw Virginia, you'd be amazed she had adult children. So the fact that this happened sometime back kind of floors me, Virginia. You are so beautiful. All right. So, so you, you say that Chris's death had you helped you experience a series of, and this is a quote, spontaneous spiritual events that helped transform your grief and help you find a place of balance and joy. Now, Balance and joy is not the first thing people would think about when they're when they lose a child. What is what brought you to that place? What were a few of those events that brought you there? Well, well, first off, it's very important that you honor your own particular grief journey. I knew with my grief journey that I, I knew about an afterlife. I didn't really have a lot of experience, but when my son crossed. I knew if there was a possibility at all of him connecting me, I wanted to be present and available for that connection. So one moment I would be on the floor wailing, as as a parent would do, and then a few minutes later I'm saying, wait, I, I need to get up and reach out to spirit. And every time I did that, Roberta, I would have a connection with my son. The lights would blink. Something would happen with my computer. Oh, wow. I would... I mean, it was such a positive, I went with like a washing machine on agitate. I was on the floor. I was in full joy, connecting yeah. with the spirit. I was, you know, back and forth. Oh. And, and it, it's an interesting, certainly an interesting journey. But the more I reached out to spirit, and that's what I would like to encourage our listeners to do if you've lost someone. Um, when you have a child, moms develop something called mommy radar, we know when our kids are up to something, it gets real quiet. Yes. We're like, oh, let's look on the children. <laughs> right. well, what I tell people is, as a parent who loses a child, it's time for us to develop mommy's spiritual radar. Because the moment we put our antenna up and our radar and we begin looking for that connection, our child reaches out to us. They are there and they really want us to know that they're okay. But grief is a very dense energy and vibration And grief closes in on us. And the more we're in grief, the more we get sucked into that deep, dense pain and anguish, the further we are away from spirit. So if we can kind of, you know, flip-flop back and forth, honor our grief and and be there and, and cry when we need to cry, but when we're not crying, to turn around and reach out. And that really is what helped me arrive at that balance because I was able to connect with my son and go back and forth between the human grieving and the spiritual connection. Wow. That's well said. 
Um, so uh, you, you do some work with grieving parents, right? That's part of what you do? Yes, yes. And, um, but what I have discovered in my own, in my own journey and in trying to help others, uh, I, he, I, I feel I've very much healed and moved forward from my son's death. You know, a memory without the emotional charge is wisdom. And it's a really wonderful place when we can be able to think of our child and smile and enjoy life and not have to be overwrought with the pain and the, the visions of, the, of his, their death and the sadness that comes with that. So, Wow. Um, Did you just say a memory without the emotional charge is wisdom? That yes. is really yes. profound. Well, thank you, but I borrowed <laughs> that. I did borrow that. And, but, you know, it's very, very true. And we can arrive at this place of balance um, and begin to you know, move forward in our life and live and enjoy things because I have other children. And it wouldn't be fair, in my, in my personal opinion, it's not fair for me to remain in this state of deep grief and deprive them of a parent because I'm yeah. their parent too and, and a Absolutely. full life. And so we try to incorporate that and move forward. But what I found with, with coaching people is there is a, a handful of people that really want to do the hard work it takes to move forward and heal and move on. Um, so many people are caught in their grief and it is very difficult. So, um, you know, we just have to honor that journey, but I would just like to say to our listeners, if you've lost someone, there is a way to connect. Spirit is right there and they truly want you to know that they're okay. And that, then it's okay for us to move forward. Yes. And, and to live and, and not remain in that deep pain. So, so we're, we're going to be talking about reincarnation today. I'd just like to briefly explain what we have always known reincarnation to be. Yes, it, it does happen. Yes, we all live many lives. Um, and what happens is that they, I think I probably ought to do a whole segment on reincarnation because it's more complicated than I'm going to say now. But essentially, we live repeatedly. And each of those lives is planned ahead of time. We plan the life to come with the people who will be significant in that life, including spouses and people like that, and with our guides and their guides, and we plan out a life, and, and then we enter that life, and everybody who is here, every newborn child is a very old soul. It's, it's amazing how this works. Um, but with, that's how we have been told by the dead that it standardly happens. And by the way, yes, Jesus did talk about reincarnation. The Council of Nicaea in 325 removed most references, but not all of them. Um, and so this is just plain, plain vanilla reincarnation. This is what we know. But you began to suspect something different was happening in your family. Can you begin to talk about that? Well, I would like to really quickly give you a little backstory that uh, the day my son Christopher was born and I held him in my arms, I knew this intuitive knowing that he would cross before I did. I knew it. I, oh, wow. I did not have that feeling with my other three children, but I held my breath um, every day of Chris's life as a teen. I didn't tell anybody about that feeling, but it was just this knowing. And oh, as a teenager, wow. he came to me and told me he knew when and how he was going to die. And I begged him to tell me. And he didn't. A few years later, he said, Mom, I'm going to die when I'm 52. Well, he died when he was 25, and about six months after his oh. death, I remembered that conversation right. and saw those numbers switch themselves. The night of oh. his death, I climbed in bed early. I'm a workaholic, and as I was laying there, I thought to myself, here I am taking a break, and my son is laying dead in a ditch somewhere. And I thought, oh, oh. my gosh, why did I think that? But, oh, my what, goodness. What, don't think that. Well, about six hours later, that's exactly what happened. He had a motorcycle accident and ended up crashing through a fence. And I saw the coroner's photographs. And it was as if he was sound asleep, just laying in a ditch. There was, you know, no blood or anything. It was a bit, just like if he'd just gone to sleep. Yeah. And I asked myself as a grieving parent, um, where does this information come from? There's something else here. Yes. So that's really really what took me on my journey. So as we move forward, my, my daughter, Kristen, and my son, Chris, were very close. 
and she was devastated when he died. But they were both very psychic, and he continued to connect with her from the other <coughs> side. Well, he told her that he that um, he was going to come back through her. We've had uh, five different people approach my daughter and myself saying, do you have a son on the other side? And we said, yes. And they said, well, he's standing right here, and he's saying he's coming back through your daughter, Kristen. And <laughs> I, I, I know. So I just sat back and said, okay, well, that's really interesting. Let's see what unfolds. So needless to say, um, Brooklyn is born. And when was this? When, did, when was she born? Brooklyn was born uh, 2012, in July 2012. Okay. And I, she came out. Her eyes were wide open. She was like little Yoda. I looked at her, and I thought, <laughs> I know you. I know you. But I didn't look at her and see, this is my son, Chris. I just knew her. Have you yeah. ever met a stranger, and you just know them? Yes. So, <laughs> That's right. I, I know how so, it feels. Yes. So I picked her up about, um, and I was patting her on my shoulder and she's just a newborn. They have no muscle control or coordination. And I said, you know, Grammy can't wait to hear your stories about the other side, about God and Jesus, the guides and angels and, um, the ascended masters. And she picked her head up. She turned and looked at me and stared me in the eye after I said that there was no mistaking. I just, uh, she, she looked at me as if, well, Grammy, you know exactly what's going on here. I can't wait to talk to you. <laughs> yes. So I said, <laughs> I said the same thing to her about two weeks later, patting her back and said the same thing. And she lifted her head. She turned and she looked at me. But it was a look of, you know, I'm only like two weeks old and I can't talk yet. Right? So, <laughs> For Pete's sake. Yeah, give oh, me a break here. <laughs> so at nine months. Um, I'm just trying to speed this along. At nine months, uh, my daughter was carrying her out of the bathroom, and there's a picture of my son and daughter on the wall in the bathroom. And Brooklyn, at nine months, reached out and grabbed the door jam, stopped them, and pulled them back in the bathroom. And she looked, leaned over and looked at Chris in the picture and started to smile. Well, Kristen mentioned this to her husband, and she, he said, that's funny. Brooklyn did the same thing to me the other day. So at a year old, uh, Jeff, her father, was carrying her out of the bathroom. She, again, she grabbed the door jam, pulled him back in, but this time she pointed at Chris in the picture and she started babbling. Then she looked at Jeff and babbled, and then she looked straight up to the ceiling and pointed to the ceiling and started babbling. Then she oh looked at the picture, babble, 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 looking at Jeff and pointing to the ceiling as if she was trying to tell him that, you know, something about Chris or here or there and He's like, wow, this is really interesting. <laughs> yes, getting so heavy. Then, How old was she then? So How old was she when she did all of she that? She was a year old. She was a year, a year okay. old. Okay, okay. Then at about uh, 18 months, she, uh, no, about, about 19 months, um, her little brother was born, and I'd taken some pictures of the the mom and my daughter and son-in-law and the baby in the hospital. And I was babysitting Brooklyn at home. So she would, I would show her a picture and she would say mama and I would switch it and there would be daddy. And she'd say dada and rye rye for Rylan, the baby. So we would go through this, you know, during the day. And a couple weeks later, she was sitting there sucking her thumb, watching Sesame street. And then she pointed at my phone and said, mama. So I showed her mama. I showed, I showed her a picture of daddy. I said, who's this? She said, dada. Who's that? Rye Rye. And then she went back to sucking her thumb and watching TV. Well, I decided I was going to show her a picture of Chris, one she had never seen. Took me about a minute to find it through my photos in my iPhone. And up it came. And I said, Brookie, who's that? As a matter of factly as she could, she turned, she pointed at the picture and said, me. And then she went back to sucking her thumb and watching TV. Oh, my goodness. Um, Roberta, one of the one of the um, one of the things that children do when they talk about reincarnation and their and their past lives, basically, is they do it in a very matter of fact tone, almost in an adult like tone. It's just as if it is, and then they go back to being doing their childlike behavior. So it's very interesting if the listeners, if they have a a younger brother or sister, you know, or, or, a, or a child or a grandchild, and they hear them talking, 
um, you can go ahead and ask them who they're talking to, or they might just say, you know, I used to live in a house over there, or my other mother... I think we have to take a break now, but I'm thrilled to get, this is a great place to leave off because we have a lot to say about this. Roberta Grimes, Seek Reality, and you're going to want to stick with us. We'll be right back. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Ancient prophecies, legends, and current events indicate we're entering a high-frequency era supporting enlightenment. During expansive times, old rules fail, necessitating access the ever-shifting currents of life for guidance. There's an ancient form of shamanism through which we can obtain the information we need. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School, with a great new provision for those interested in spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow is an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes designed to guide and support you and your family during these times of transition. Embrace the magic. Empower your life. Study Galactic Shamanism at findyourpathhome.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. everyone. This is Roberta Grimes, Seek Reality with Virginia Hummel, and we're talking about what I think is a really neat topic. When a child chooses to come back in the same family, her son died at the age of 25 quite unexpectedly uh, in an accident. And uh, then a few years later, what was the interval between his death and and Brooklyn's birth? Um, Six years and a few months. Yeah, relatively quickly, um, a grandchild was born into this family, and lo and behold, <laughs> claims to be Chris. So what else can you tell me about that? When we left off, she was just a, year, a little over a year and a half old, and she she announced that this picture of Chris was really her. And as you point out, in a very matter-of-fact way, I mean, obviously, that's who it is. She goes back to watching TV. What else mm-hmm. did she do that helped you know who she was? Well, Kristen was driving her in the car, and a motorcycle pulled up along the car, and Brookie said, what's that? And Kristen said, that's a motorcycle. She said, I want one. And Kristen said, no, we're not having a motorcycle. <laughs> uh-huh, but for sure. after that, she began to ask her mom, she said, mom, where is my motorcycle? Now, Chris had been killed on a motorcycle. Right. So she was very adamant about, where's my motorcycle? Where's my motorcycle? Um, in Christmas, uh, maybe 2015, um, she was, so she's, she's three then roughly. Yeah. Three, she's three okay. roughly three. And uh, Christopher had a son, Logan, who was five when Christopher uh, crossed over. So Logan is now probably 13, I think, um, or so. And he came up to my house for Christmas and Brooklyn was standing in my room and Logan walked in for a second and said something and turned around and walked out. And in a matter of fact tone, Brooklyn cocked her head and said, Logan's a big boy now, as if she had been contemplating he was little and now he's big. Right. um, Oh, my. So she said that. And then um, she was in her mom's closet and playing with the mother's, uh, Kristen's jewelry. And she picked up a necklace and she said, I want to give this to my mom. And Kristen is standing right there, but Kristen knows about the, this reincarnation. So she said, well, Brooklyn, who's your mom? And Brooklyn said, well, Grammy's my mom. Well, Grammy oh. was my mom before you were my mom. Oh. And so Kristen and I have just talked uh, about just listening to Brooklyn. Uh, we might ask her a question or two, but we really don't give her information about Chris. We just let it come out naturally. Um, yes. So then the, the real stunner for me, um, Chris and Kristen, I live in uh, Ketchum, Idaho right now, and Chris and Kristen had grown up there and attended elementary school. Well, the school is just a few blocks from my house, and Chris had played there with his friends as a young boy. And um, when Brooklyn was three, I was strolling Brooklyn and her brother in the little stroller to the park which is the playground of the elementary school. And just as we pulled up to the, to the park, Brooklyn yells out, Grammy, I, I, I used to play here with my friend Johnny. And I just stopped in my tracks. I'm like, wait a minute. She doesn't have any friends, Johnny, and a uh, friend named Johnny in preschool. Oh, but wow. Chris's best friend was Johnny Wilkins, and they indeed played at that playground as Oh, children. my. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> I love this. This is so neat. Isn't it wonderful? Well, it is neat. You know, part of me, I, I try to remain, do the scientific research aspect of it, and I document everything. And it is very exciting. It gives me a little tickle to see that she has come through. Both Brooklyn and I have a very strong connection. She calls me mommy a lot, and we have to correct her and say Grammy. Call me Grammy. Right. But uh, last September, I was sitting at the dining table with Brooklyn and Ryland. We were having some pizza, and out of nowhere, 
Brooklyn looks at me and said, Grammy, when I close my eyes at night, I feel like I'm a boy. And I just sat there for a minute and I asked her how it made her feel. And was she okay being a girl? Was she okay with girl clothes or did she want to wear boy clothes? And she said, no, I, I like, I like girl clothes, but there's very much, um, movements and things that she does that Kristen, her mom, and I will look at each other and go, boy, that is just Chris all over that. But we have both decided to honor Brooklyn's journey this lifetime and allow her to be this new person and persona that she is. Um, but I think we both just get a little tickle of that, that person that we love, that soul that we love so deeply has, um, taken the opportunity to reincarnate in this family. And, you know, Roberta, as a mom, I can look back and see things that I would have liked to have changed, things I would have done differently in hopes of a different outcome. And I know I could never do that with Chris, but I can certainly be present. It's almost as if I have another chance to do things right. And that's a very... um, it's a good feeling, but there's a lot of responsibility that, that comes right. with knowing that my son has come back through. Yes. Oh, I, I understand that wish to do things better the next time around. I always say it's unfortunate that we have to keep our learner batch because once, <laughs> once, once you've raised a batch of kids, you really know how to do it. But somehow you have to can't throw away that batch. That's the batch you have to go forward with. So it's lovely to have mm-hmm. another chance with, with him. But the, mm-hmm. this, the, the, one of the things people are wondering about is, oh, he changed genders? This is not uncommon. Most of us remain the same gender in nearly all our lifetimes. We pick a gender. It's just easier to stay with that gender. But we all choose sometimes to come back in a different gender. I am pretty confident that all the transgender confusion stuff comes from the fact that people do switch genders. So she had that, you know, those sort of semi-confused thoughts, perfectly normal. One of the I things- absolutely agree with that, with you on the transgender thing. I think that is they're remembering a past life as, as yes. the opposite gender. And it's I, very I remember very well when I was young, until I hit puberty, probably till I was 15 or 16, I was a boy for all purposes. You know, they, we, they used to call us tomboys. I was a boy. Uh-huh. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, it was very confusing. But if someone had told me when I was 10 or 12 that I could be a boy and it would be no problem, I would have done it in a heartbeat. And it would have been the biggest mistake of my life. So, uh-huh. I mean, there's a, no, seriously, I would have been a very poor man. I think I make a fairly good woman. And as soon mm-hmm. as puberty kicks in and the hormones start going, uh, the confusion goes away most of the time. So I feel just, I just, please let me say parenthetically to people, if you have a child who seems gender confused, please uh, really honor that confusion, but don't try to resolve it in the direction of switching genders until after puberty. Allow them to go through puberty because my sense is that that fixes it nearly all of the time. I've never regretted um, being a woman ever since puberty kicked in, I've been completely heterosexual and a woman in every way. And I needed to be a woman in this lifetime for my work. So it's very mm-hmm. likely what, that what Brooklyn is going to go ahead and do, that was a gender that he would have chosen for his next lifetime because he has things that it's going to be easier for him to do or better for him to do if, if he's a woman. So, mm-hmm. um, that to me is a, right now, suddenly I mean, people were making a big deal out of it, but, Frankly, it's a natural process, and we so often will change genders between one lifetime to the next. It's perfectly normal to have some gender confusion before you hit puberty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Absolutely. In fact, I was a tomboy, and I couldn't figure out why my mom was trying to make me wear a dress. Yeah, I felt the same way. I, really, it is, it is it's so normal for this to happen. And fortunately, mm-hmm. up until very recently, people honored children's you know, birth gender, at least until the child has got to make an adult decision. I'm worried that a lot of children are being forced prematurely into changing their genders with tragic consequences for them. There's a very high rate of depression and even suicide among people who have changed their genders. We ought to look at that before we do anything, you know, that's irrevocable with to a child. Anyway, so let's let's go on. After we've talked about that's a, just a little a little thought that I really try to share as much as I can because I just don't want mm-hmm. other children to be harmed by this. So she's five now. Brooklyn is right. Yes, 
Yes. And does she still talk about Chris, or or has that faded? She um, she's never really said I'm Chris. Um, it's just the little things. Again, she talks about you know she's mentioned this uh, three times. I feel like I'm a boy. I feel like I'm a boy. Yes. Um, and she, when I see her, she just doesn't want me to leave. She wants to go with me and, and, and be with me. There's this very strong yes. bond that I don't have with uh, Ryland um, on a, on a soul level. So I, um, I'm just kind of watching and listening. I think it's really important for parents and caregivers, grandparents, that if they're around a child that is talking about, um, I used to live here or there, or where's my other house, or instead of ignoring it or thinking that they've watched something on TV, to really just take that moment to ask some prescient questions um, that may help to, to to clear the way for the child to move forward in this life. But a lot of times we don't honor what these children are saying. You know, they can be in the next room talking to grandmother who passed over. And because we can't see them, it doesn't mean that they're not there. And I think it's incumbent on parents to, to learn that they're, to acknowledge that there's a spirit world and that children are still very much connected and can see through the veil of the other side. And I think it'll help. um, uh, It will help clear their confusion and our confusion if we can have more of an open dialogue and people aren't afraid to talk about what's happening because many times too children will say there's a man in my room and I'm scared I don't want to be in there and instead of saying oh you watch something on tv or the boogeyman's gone you're just making it up go get in bed to really be open with that child and supportive and maybe ask questions what does he look like get out the family album Maybe it's grandpa visiting and the child doesn't know this person. So um, they're the stranger and they're afraid of them. I think there's a lot of things that parents can do to help help children move forward in their transition from spirit when the, and into the young child's body as they grow and get grounded into this third dimension. I think that is such important information. Um, all children had come in with some memories. I, I believe that's true. I believe at least virtually all children, they may or may not ever express them to you. And they, these memories tend to fade within the first couple of years of life. So very often parents aren't aware, but sometimes a child will say something that just doesn't make sense. And what, what we do in the West is we say, oh, you don't mean that, or oh, that's not, or that's, you're making that up, or it's an imagination or something. We Western parents seem to be afraid that there's something wrong with their child if the child expresses the kinds of thoughts that that you just talked about, Virginia. And that's tragic Mm -hmm. for the child because it's not supportive. If if the child says something, I think we need to honor that the child believes it's true. Whether or not it really is is less important than what the child believes. And if you, Mm -hmm. you, people will find, I mean, if if you honor what the child is thinking, you, you'll get other information, too, that begins to be interesting. Yeah. We know, for example, that my grandmother was around my oldest granddaughter um, for probably two years. She would say, can Grandma come in the car? would say, fine. Um, she'd talk about what Grandma was doing right now. And this is just what, by the way, she died a few months before when we, we started having grandchildren, just what she would wanted to do. We would have missed so much mm-hmm. if we hadn't honored what my granddaughter was saying. Will, yeah. we come, will we come back? We're going to talk a little more about this and how to help our children to make the best possible transition into this lifetime. Meanwhile, Roberta Grimes' Seek Reality will be right back. The Earth is under ever-increasing pressure from untenable lifestyles and growing populations. Yet, viable answers seem in short supply. What if I told you there's an ancient form that can empower you to take charge of your life? What if your entire family could be enfolded and supported by life itself, finding safe passage through challenging times? I'm Gwilda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School with Great News, an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes based in an ancient form of shamanism easily learned and used by your entire family. 
Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow are a series of online adult and children's lessons instructing your entire family on natural law, how to cooperate with and be supported by the powers of the universe. Visit findyourpathhome.com to find these unique and powerful classes. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. truth. Historically, we viewed things as either being true or false. Now as we enter a more expansive era, we find the question is not, is it true, but rather, how true is it? I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of the Science of Magic Radio, a syndicated, internationally broadcast radio program dedicated to uncovering this ever-expanding truth. Join me daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, as I interview today's leading experts from the fields of science and magic to uncover the hidden truth between the lines drawn in the sand. What we unearth in our discussions is not only amazing, but totally unprecedented. You won't want to miss a single episode. In service to our listeners, past episodes can always be found on our website with our compliments at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back, everybody. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, and we are here with Virginia Hummel talking about reincarnation within the same family, usually within just a few years. I'd I'd like to, to follow up on something that Virginia said in our last segment. He talked about, you know, what if a child is scared to be in the room? Um, You should know, and this is something I didn't want to, I don't like to believe in any bad stuff, but there is such a thing as a shadow man. They appear to, they're probably the lowest vibration entities that are still we can still be aware of and what they do believe it or not this is creeps me out they, they usually look tall very thin with a top hat and a cape and they lurk and they're all dressed in black and they lurk in closets to scare people believe it or not because they feed on negative energy all that you need to do is is let the child have a nightlight 
and the that they'll be impossible for those shadow men to scare your child. So please, if mm. a child tells you that there is something in his or her room, take that seriously and just allow the child to have a nightlight and everybody will be so much happier. So let, let's talk, let's talk a little more about what, what um, you, you've been doing lately. You, you said the last time that we were together that, that you were working on a documentary about healing grief through spiritually transformative experiences, STEs. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, uh, a couple years ago, Peter Shockey and I uh, interviewed 12 people, Eben Alexander, Raymond Moody, Rajiv Parti, William Peters. William Peters, I think, will be at the conference in a few days. Um, a handful of really, really wonderful people. And uh, in talking with Raymond Moody, Dr. Raymond Moody, has written the classic book, Life After Life. And he said that when his son Carter was five years old, they were laying on the bed, flipping through channels with a remote, when he briefly landed on a National Geographic channel. And suddenly Carter became very animated and said, Dad, Dad, that's my village. And Raymond said, what? And he flipped back to the channel, and it was a documentary about village life in China. And Carter could see that, that uh, Raymond was very puzzled. And Carter said, yeah, don't you remember, before I came to you and mommy, I was with my other mommy and daddy and brothers and sisters in China. Oh, my goodness. How old was he at the time when he said this? Uh, he, was, he was five years old. Oh, my. Wow. So there's just a lot. Of, I think it's just really important for... Uh, family members, when there's any young children in the family, to be open and to listen for these types of yes. things and not be shocked, but just, you know, and just document it. Take a journal and write these little things down, and eventually you'll be able to look back and see that there's quite a few or that they form a pattern or might help you um, uh, discover where your child was from or, you know, what family he was in or what country he was in or a little more that might help the child to relieve their anxiety and their, and their curiosity and their puzzlement about how they ended up where they are right now and why they have these memories from these past lives. So that's what you'd recommend if people suspect things like this have happened in their family or really any kind of strange thing a child says. You re recommend they keep a journal mm -hmm. and simply acknowledge mm -hmm. that they've yes. said those things. Yes. Yes, yes. And not necessarily that you have to, to discuss reincarnation or, oh, you've lived a past life, but just to honor and acknowledge that their child is trying to tell them something. Because many times when you open that space, it's an energetic space that you're creating when you honor what the child is saying, more information comes through. And generally, you may have been in that same past life with that child as a different family member. Very often, and you may begin to remember things from your past life, also. Yeah, fascinating. This is so interesting to mm -hmm. me. So, so um, what what um, what what do you recommend that people do, if anything, um, with, just simply keep a record, and eventually, maybe when the child is is an adult, let the child see the record of what was said. You know, if they show an interest in it, I have written the book Cracking the Grief Code, and it's dedicated to Brooklyn, and there's information and stories about her and Chris in the book. And when she's older, if it's something she sees it on my desk or my bookshelf and asks about it, she's more than welcome to read it. But I'm not necessarily sure that I'm going to encourage her to, uh, you know, you need to read this book. You need to figure out who you it's were. It's up to her. Life. Yeah, she should right. read it. That's very good advice. Exactly. exactly. And, and what's it? Is that documentary out? How would people see it? Um, nope. It's it's still in the can and it's still in work. But um, I'm hoping within the next year to have it finished. And again, Peter Shockey, the the uh, producer of, of Raymond Moody's Life After Life film. So it's a classic film. And you can actually go on Vimeo, type in Life After Life. Um, I have it on my Vimeo channel, and you can watch it for free if you'd like. He is the, also the producer on this new documentary, and I will let you know as soon as it's out. I'm very excited about it. Okay, please do, and we'll let everybody know. So uh, how would people reach you? Do you have, do you have a website? Well, or, um, orbwhisperer.com, 
And I also have a website, virginiahummel.com, which is dedicated to the grief aspect and Orb Whispers des- dedicated to the orbs and the afterlife aspect. So, so mention that again. You actually photographed an orb that had Chris's face in it. Well, what's interesting, it happened five years after his crossing, and I needed a cover for my book, and I said, Chris, Chris, I'm talking to you know, the <laughs> she, spirit. Yeah. Said, okay, the ultimate, the ultimate cover would be you inside an orb. Oh, my goodness. So I'm thinking... <laughs> Okay, I just placed my order. That's all I need to do. That's all you had to do. I, did, I, think, right? <laughs> I just love it. And so sure enough, there he was. Well, I took a, a picture of a little boy inside an orb in my kitchen, and it's very clear. And I go, I wonder whose little boy that is, right? So I, I set the photo down, and I didn't come across it till last year again, just after I'd seen a photo of my son, Christopher, at age six. And it was Chris at age six inside the orb. I oh. was assuming he would be 25 years old inside the orb. So, uh-uh. um, you know, <laughs> that's fear, wonderful. Fear works in mysterious ways, but <laughs> I think right. they had a marketing plan because um, I think people are more emotional when they see a know that a young child has crossed over as opposed yes. to a young adult. That, and, that's true. But anyway, he, there he is inside the orb. This is really amazing. What's next for you? Do you have Do you have anything else in mind? I mean, we're going to get to see each other in just a few days at the symposium. But what what where are you going next with this? Well, I've taken up golf, and someone recently pointed out <laughs> that I've been hitting a, a little orb <laughs> down the fairway. And I said, you know, the beauty about that little orb is they all come in colors, and there's multicolored golf balls. Oh, isn't <laughs> so, that? So um, I'm, I'm just being silly, but, uh, you know, I'm not <laughs> sure. And more sh- more shall be revealed, Roberta. I, I just I listen to spirit, and I'm if I put my radar up, Spirit will guide me in the direction I'm supposed to go. So I really just try to remain open for what information I'm supposed to help uh, help bring through or help that people is, with. That is such a wonderful insight and a great way for us to sort of close this conversation. Everyone, please listen to spirit. Everything I have ever done in this work has not been initiated by me. It has been initiated by spirit. And if you're listening... And if you want to do this kind of work, believe me, there's room for all of us in it. I'm so glad that we've been able to talk today, Virginia. Um, I oh, enjoyed have you come, it. Thank you. We'll have you come back again when your next book is ready and um, maybe again when the when the film comes out. I really enjoy our conversations. So I do too. Thank you. So I'll hug you in just a few days. <laughs> And this has been lovely. And everyone, meanwhile, as you know, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, and I'm really glad you've been with us. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never begin and you never will end. And when you fully grasp all the implications of that fact, it's going to make your life wonderful. Next week, our guest will be Dr. Erlander Haraldson. He was last on Seek Reality several months ago to talk about his epic 1977 book with Carlos Osis. It's called At the Hour of Death. Theirs is still the definitive scientific study of deathbed visions. It's really tragic this book is not better known, but again, At the Hour of Death, Dr. Erlander Haraldson. Please read it if you can. But there's... Frankly, this now is is great, but he's done a new book, and his new book is in right in the field we're talking about now. It's on the subject of reincarnation and childhood, and he's written it again with a co-author. I've just begun to read this book. I can't wait to talk with him about it next week. It's called I Saw a Light and Came Here, which is the kind of thing the kids say when they're reincarnated directly without going to the afterlife. This, this, you're going to love this man. He is forever breaking new ground. Please join us. And of course, this week, our guest for the second time has been Virginia Hummel, who's better known as the Orb Whisperer, but who is now uh, kind of an expert in the area of children reincarnating in the same family. Please just be open with your heart to what young, very young children say. Don't, don't tell them they shouldn't talk about these things or they're imagining them because each child is an eternal being and they come here rich in history 
And if we acknowledge it and allow them to talk, it won't make them weird. Instead, it will help them feel ennobled. It'll help them feel justified. It'll make the world make sense to them so that the kindest possible thing you can do is to listen to what your little children, tiny children, when they first start talking and up to the age of four or five, listen to what they tell you about what they're seeing, what they're thinking. Try to understand their private world. You will be forever glad that you did. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing, always knowing, that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you in particular are infinitely loved. <laughs>